guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is Ekta, and I have a fabulous guest with me today. Um, I'm super excited because I think we're going to learn a lot in this episode. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to Maria Carr, who is the founder of Rumor Beauty. Welcome to the show, Maria. I'm so, so happy that you have the time for this. Hi, Ekta. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here, and I'm, I very much look forward to the conversation. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I when I first like heard about Rumor Beauty, I was very intrigued because, you know, I have a very special heart place in my heart for, you know, Russia and just the language like we were talking before the episode, you know, and the language, the culture. So I want to get started with just your background, your career and your journey that's led to this place. If you could give us, you know, kind of like an introduction. Absolutely. So I was actually born and raised in Russia. I came to the U.S. when I was 19. Um, and I've been here for a, a bit more than 14 years at this point. So yeah, time flies. <laughs> it's been a while. Well, yeah. Um, and you know, throughout my time here, I, you know, for some reason I chose not to go back home frequently. Um, and I may, I made it my goal to really assimilate and immerse myself into the American culture. So throughout all of this time, I had very limited, um, insights into what was happening back home. Um, and I was really becoming a part of, uh, New York city, becoming a true New Yorker, you know, how the same yeah. in New York for more than 10 years, you are in New Yorkers. So. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So that's what I was, you know, trying to accomplish here. And um, I've been working in the beauty industry. So I spent um, about a decade working at beauty companies, big and small, working at different agencies, handling PR for beauty clients. So I was very well versed um, when it came to beauty products. And as I was growing through, um, you know, through the beauty, within the beauty space, I, um, I've been trying and seeing all types of products from everywhere around the world, from Asia, from Australia, from Europe. I mean, you you know, like you, I'm sure you've also experienced so many uh, products yeah. around the world. And at one point, it hit me that while I've been experiencing all of those amazing uh, skincare, makeup, hair care products, I've never encountered anything from my home country. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And and that me that just made me think like wh why is that and you know the thing is that when i was growing up back in russia in the 90s i kind of you know we we i mean we had a, like some beauty products but it was not a very common thing to indulge yeah. yourself in skincare and there were multiple reasons to that because you know one of them was um, you know, it was right after Soviet Union fell apart. So the economy was very shaky. Uh, yeah. We did not have a lot of our own manufacturing happening in the country. And what we had, it just did not, you know, excite people. It was not the beauty products that we know here these days. They yeah. Were, you know, they were very plain. They, they didn't have beautiful scents. They did not have efficacious technologies or great ingredients. And they were just, you know, like a, a cream or a shampoo or soap. So they were very, very basic. Um, and then the other piece of the beauty industry back then was imports. So, but with that, it was also a very special story. They were hard to come by. They were expensive. Uh, they were mostly concentrated in bigger cities. And then if you did not live in Moscow or St. Petersburg, 
you could have had a very hard time finding good products and a lot of um, counterfeit products too that we've had back then. Oh, yeah. 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 So it's it's interesting because, you know, when I think of beauty, uh, you know, from my childhood, I always think of natural remedies that we've used because we did not have access to a lot of manufactured modern day beauty products the way we you know, uh, like we do now, like Gen Z has, you know, like millions of products to choose from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that was not the case. I mean, I remember my mother and my grandma and my um, other relatives like going to a forest or going to a garden and picking yeah. some herbs, drying them out and then using them in some skincare concoctions. Um, I or- love that. I love that though. You know, it's like, so for me, it's like, you know, when I think of Russia, I think of, you know, obviously the terrain, it can be a harsh terrain, you know? So it's like, um, when I think of like just these countries and, you know, my grandmother did the same, you know, in India and rural India, like they would just pick stuff and that was the skincare, you know, (laughs) like that was it. So I understand. Exactly. Yeah. And um, my grandma's garden, that was, you know, like your beauty shop. (laughs) You'll go, you'll pick berries, you'll pick some veggies, and that's how you would make your skincare regimen happen. Like whether you have a sunburn, you will find something to treat that, or it's just like some minor imperfections that you needed to address or concerns that would be popping up here and there. Um, And yeah, that was basically the the beauty routine back then. So I started to to think, you know, like going back to my realization that there are no Russian beauty products here in the US, I started to really look back and think, is there anything out there? Or maybe the industry has not made a lot of progress. I didn't know because I didn't travel that much back home. Yeah. And that made me wonder. And then um, accidentally, I actually booked myself a ticket to Moscow in 2019. It was not for beauty reasons. I actually went there to run a marathon. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, and while I was in Moscow, I, I I get curious. And, you know, naturally, as a person who's been working in the beauty industry, I was thinking of going and visiting some of the beauty stores. And I mm-hmm. did. And In addition to all of the beauty brands that I was very familiar with, you know, some coming from the US or Europe or Asia, I also noticed a lot of brands that were born and made in Russia. Yeah. And this was something I did not expect because I had no idea. Um, And it was quite fascinating because I actually loved all of these products. I started to try everything. I got like all of the samples. I bought a couple (laughs) of things. And I, it just made me so fascinated because, you know, it's been a while since I went, but I did not expect to see so many brands and so many products. And yeah. in addition to them being, you know, beautiful beauty products, you know, the types that we are used to here in the U.S. from the aesthetic perspective, they yeah. had this incredible connection to that natural roots that we just spoke about. Um, like all the ingredients that I used to know and love as a kid growing up, like that I knew my family was using in their skincare routine from a natural standpoint, those products had those things. So it was a perfect blend between modern technologies, modern packaging, modern formulations, um, and, you know, the tradition and the past, um, and the original beauty routine that, 
a lot of people were so used to. So yeah, yeah so that's that's what I discovered. I love that. You know, and honestly, like, I know that um, Diana Mazone wrote a beautiful article um, in Allure about your, you know, your vision and, and you know, what you've kind of discovered here, which is just a treasure trove, right, of, of Russian beauty and, you know, beautiful uh, products that are designed by, you know, or not just designed by, but like designed on the concepts of just Russian inspired rituals for skin health, right? So like, I want to go through and talk about a few of those, because I know that the article had mentioned things like, um, there was a herb called calendula, I think I'm probably completely mispronouncing that. And, you know, so like, I want to talk about those things, because, you know, for me, Maria, honestly, it's so interesting to find products that are like rooted in like, you know, that geographical area, you know, like the ingredients and stuff, because I think, you know, as as human beings are the most discovery, the biggest discoveries we've had has been through like natural botanicals. And you know what I mean? Like just things that grow in nature. So it's always intriguing for me to find ingredients that are very native to like one area versus everywhere else in the world. So can you talk me through a little bit of that? Like when you were exploring these products, what were some of the standout ingredients that you might've recognized, you know, maybe from your grandmother's garden or wherever, you know? Can we talk about Absolutely. That? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, yes, I was so excited to discover some berries as ingredients because in mm. Russian, actually July now, since we are in July, July is a huge season for berries. I feel like uh, yeah. if you were to find yourself at your grandma's garden, you would spend your month of July picking berries <laughs> and then making yeah. nerves and, um, you know, making skincare out of that. And um, one of them and one of my favorite berries was sea buckthorn um and that berry is just such a powerhouse of vitamins and nutrients and it's just such an incredible antioxidant and i know that some there are some products in the u.s that have sea buckthorn in them but it's never made it into that mainstream type of an ingredient it's always been niche i feel like there are some products but they're not really out there in, in the open so i was personally very excited to discover products that actually had sea buckthorn as their main ingredient um so that one was you know very well, sea buckthorn then it's it's in russia then it's like a it's like a native plant or how does that work yeah it's 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 a traditional plant i mean i don't know the like the backstory the, the agricultural story but basically yeah, yeah. if yeah. you if you live in russia chances are you will have like a sea bark thorn bush in your garden. And this is something that you will indulge in all summer long. Oh, <laughs> Only whenever cool. the berries arrive. That's very cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, like also picking and yeah, like I had this whole, um, you know, like lots of memories when it comes to picking berries. Um, another one, uh, well, actually not even one, but there is this whole family of currants. There is a black currant and there is white currant and then there is red currant. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like those berries, they're not even, you know, known here in the U.S. Uh, maybe some people who are into those things maybe they find a way yeah like the botanists out there yeah (laughs) you guys might know you know there's like a botany major or something but yeah I haven't heard of them either (laughs) 
Why? They're not mainstream. And I was looking, you know, I was looking for some products that also have those ingredients and I did not find anything, which was also very fascinating because again, you know, I remember we had three giant bushes of black currant and yeah. that was, uh, that was my summer. And then we had like, you know, I, I, I knew the difference, how the red currant bush, like what's the difference between that one and the black currant and how to identify like when the berries are right so we have this long history of knowing and really being exposed to all of these ingredients from you know from our childhood and I was very excited to see these ingredients making their way into skincare yeah. um, same thing for herbs you know there are some herbs like yarrow um, burdock um, nettle sage, clary sage, like all these herbs, uh, they are also, they have made their way into some of the skincare products, uh, yeah. which, which is great. And I mean, they, the good thing about Russian skincare, which I was also so fascinated about is that they smell like nature. So there are, for the majority of the products that we have, there is no added fragrance. So let's say if you are using a hydrolate uh, like a chamomile hydrolate, it smells like chamomile. It does not yeah. smell like, uh, you know, like a fragrance or like, like Chanel number one, you know? Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I know. I love that though, because you know what? Here's the thing I'm all about, you know, I'm sure Marie, you've heard of like the whole conversation around clean beauty and more organic beauty. And, you know, there's so many words now, right? So, like, mm -hmm. um, I, I love hearing that. But what you said is, is so key, I think, because when you can smell the real the ingredients in a product, when you open the product and you can tell this truly is something that was made from, you know, everything natural. It's, it's, they have, the company has tried their best to keep things as authentic. You know, you can smell it, you can smell earth, you know, and, and I, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a, that to me is a more of a sensorial experience than like putting on something with fragrance. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't really enjoy the fragrance stuff. So yeah, I love that you said that. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, throughout my years in the beauty industry, I've, um, you know, I've got to know so many people who actually have sensitivities to different scents, to artificial mm. scents, to fragrances, and they were looking for options that were either naturally uh, made and had natural fragrance or had no scent at all. So when I personally, and I mean, I, I'm pretty neutral when it comes to scent, I think it really depends. Uh, but that's my personal opinion. And I know that a lot of people don't really like over fragrance products. So when I came across um, a lot of skincare that had natural scent, which was not overpowering, but it actually smelled like a nature oasis, like stepping into the forest or like stepping in into an herb garden. Yeah. Uh, for me, that was a win. Yeah, that's a definite win. And, you know, I want to ask you this kind of, it's kind of like a, you know, overarching question. So, you know, answered to the best you can, I guess, but um, I'm curious, like what, you know, from your experience growing up in Russia, like, what would you say is the standard, like beauty, I guess, ritual or things that Russian women really just, they, you know, they enjoy doing? Is there something, you know, that is like, everybody pretty much does it or you know have you noticed any like trends that we could kind of identify with you know the self-care that um women use in in russia 
Mm, great question, Ekta. Thank you. So, mm. I mean, Russia is such a big country and yeah. there are many different um, ethnical groups and just like many different types of people who live throughout the country from, let's say, Moscow, like more of a European part of it to Far East, which is literally across, uh, you know, like a, like a sea from Japan. Uh, yeah. So it really stretches and there are multiple ethnicities, as I mentioned, people have different traditions. So it's really hard to bucket it into one and just say like, okay, that's the thing. Uh, but from my experience and, um, you know, and I grew up in Siberia, which is right in the middle of the country, um, people are really into masking. Um, so, and when I say masking, it's, um, it's less of uh, like a spy experience masking, but yeah. more about, again, that connection with nature. So mask, like you can turn pretty much anything into a mask in, in my household and, you know, in the environment where I grew up in, you can turn strawberries into a mask, you can turn... Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you can also do like a DIY mask where you uh, like mix some powders. Um, like, for example, one of the masks that we have, uh, it has spirulina powder, um, oat uh, flour in it, corn flour powder, and like all these things, they are coming like in a dry form. And then you can dissolve it either with milk, with water or with sour cream and make your own consistency and make your own mask. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Russian. People I love that. I actually like. Honestly, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but like masks are my all-time favorite skincare product. So it's so funny that you're saying that because I prefer a mask over like everything, like a serum, a moisture. I'm like, can I get a mask, please? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Absolutely. I hear you. I can totally relate to that. Um, but, you know, the, the, the interesting thing is that historically, uh, for Russian women, beauty was never an indulgence. So all of the routines, they were very minimalistic. Again, that goes back to the lack of actual products to, you know, to apply because you had to prepare everything from scratch. Yeah. But then also historically, you know, people, um, you know, for the most part of the previous century, they were not encouraged to indulge in self-care, to, to be overly, um, you know, like to have a lot of things in their vanity. So it was yeah. very basic. And I think that's where the minimalistic route really come from so you know in our culture it's um it's like more about less is more um and some products they actually uh, are multitaskers so for example we have the scrub um and it's actually like you can use the scrub and because it has all the natural oils you don't necessarily need a moisturizer to use after that i mean of course if you want you can uh, yeah who would mind an extra layer of hydration, but technically your skin is so plump and so uh, supple that, you know, if it's like a hotter season like this, you may not even need that. So, yeah. and uh, yeah, I mean, there are some products like um, hydrolates, they could be used for skin, hair, like face skin, body skin, and hair, because Ooh. they are those multitaskers as well. Wow, I like that so much because you know, honestly, I think one of the biggest um one of the biggest white spaces in this industry right now, honestly Maria, in my mind is this 
I, this idea that we don't always need something sitting on top of our skin. You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. why, like, with the mask, like, I love that you said that, you know, because there are natural oils and there are, you know, all these other ingredients, you don't necessarily have to go put on a moisturizer. You don't have to put on an extra serum. I think that's a great thing. You know, I think with skin health, we often miss the concept that, you know, we have to let our skin breathe as well. You know, we can't always have like 15 layers of products on our skin. And, you know, I think that that's an excellent example, which you just described of how, you know, someone who might not be so much into skincare, they go and they buy a mask like that. And then, you know, that's your routine. That's something that, you know, makes your skin look good. And you also don't have to worry about, oh, am I putting the serum in the right order? Or am I, you know what I mean? All those things. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I think it's a great point that you made. And, you know, my, one of my uh, follow-up questions is actually, this is, you know, with the whole minimalistic thing, um, you know, I want to talk to you about that because I know that right now, you know, minimalism is becoming a trend, like everything, right? There's always, there's always a concept and it becomes a trend, but I, I'm always curious, like with the cultures that have always been practicing this idea, right? And you mentioned that, you know, in Russian beauty, that is the general approach. So how do you feel about that? You know, being a founder and being a, you know, a female entrepreneur, you see all this like minimalism talk all of a sudden, you know, how does that make you feel? Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, even in my personal routine, I've always been very minimalistic. And I know that I, um, you know, been in the beauty space. Yes, we have been exposed to so many different steps and products. And I feel like there are commercials that are screaming at us every day that we need to get more, we need to buy more. And I mean, I've been a lucky girl because I have been exposed to so many products and I have a lot of products, but oftentimes, and this is just how I am. Like I find myself using, I don't know, maybe a cleanser, maybe serum, maybe a moisturizer, maybe those three that I go with. So I've never been um, a huge consumer, um, you know, when it came to beauty. And I mean, I love and I enjoy beauty products, but using many products at a time, that's, I don't know, like sometimes I don't have the time. Sometimes I don't have the patience. Sometimes yeah. it does not need all of that. So I think it's, it's very personal. And of course, who am I to tell people like, okay, don't use five products if you like to use five products. But I feel like it's very important to really listen to your skin and really listen to, um, you know, your overall well-being. Because if applying five products will stress you out and you'll start breaking out because of that, maybe it's not the right way. You don't have to stick to the products that will maintain your skin health and maintain the glow. And the rest, just use it as as needed. Um, So I feel like, yeah, it's really very personal. It's all about you. And um, luckily, we have this opportunity uh, to pick and choose, and we have exposure to so many products. So people can easily find, maybe by trial and error, but there is still a way to find things that would work really well for you and your lifestyle and something that will make you feel special. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. Now, I, you know, one question I do have is that um, I know that you have, you know, six brands, right, that you guys are like kind of yes, introduced yes. into the U.S. market. And I, I that's a that's a beautiful you know number in terms of giving people, you know, more choices. But how do you go about now, like in terms of, you know, really 
searching for that that talent you know from like russian you know founders and and more beauty brands from russia like how is that process for you since you live in new york like are you um constantly working with people back home like how how is that like in terms of finding new new brands and even more products yes so it's interesting because we um we got the idea my husband and i who is my co-founder we got an idea to start a business uh, during the pandemic. And as you can imagine, <laughs> traveling um, to remote places like Russia was impossible. So I was so lucky that on my trip to Moscow at the end of 2019, I was actually able to try a few things. And um, some of the brands, uh, those that I didn't try, they were actually able to send the samples to test. So we got in touch with the brands. We work directly with the brands. We don't work with third-party resellers or distributors. So all of our products, they come straight from the source. And yeah, we, we tested all of the products. We, uh, we also had conversations with people in Russia who spent a lot of time in the beauty industry. Uh, looking through media coverage back there, looking through social, looking through reviews on um, various platforms that sell those products to just see what people have to say. Because in my mind, it was all very important, right? Like what industry has to say, what brands have to say, and what consumers have to say. Um, So all of those things, we had to put a check mark next to them. And now, you know, um, I, I am having conversations with a lot of brands that are not part of the portfolio right now because there is so much more to explore. And there are so many different things that we um, have not had an opportunity to bring over here just yet. We wanted to start small. We wanted to start with six brands that we felt really communicated that natural connection um, and still having the modern edge and, you know, the modern technologies and manufacturing practices. So for us, it was important to just uh, see what the appetite is here in the US because Russian beauty is new. We are lucky to be the first ones, but then it also comes with a lot of responsibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, we, I mean, we've got to do it right. Exactly. Yeah. So we we started this way and then now we're thinking, what is that next step for us? Um, are we introducing new brands? Are we introducing other categories? Because some of the brands that we already work with, they have hair care products, they have body care, they have makeup. So there are definitely lots of avenues that we can take. Um, I'm not sure which avenue we will take eventually because uh we have to consider a few things and then we still we don't want to bring i don't know 20 brands and then um not know what to do with them we still want to uh take it one step at a time and really test the market here and see what people are responding to uh what's resonating uh which ingredients make sense for the u.s consumers uh, which brands make sense. So it's it's a process. But um, an interesting thing that I've discovered after we signed all of the six brands is that they are actually all founded by women, either founded or co-founded by women. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. It was absolutely unintentional. And I was just looking and like updating my contact sheets and I saw like, oh my goodness, like all of them are <laughs> female founders or co-founders. You know, I think that's, that is so important to highlight because it's, 
very, very, you know, important. I know that the beauty space and the skincare space is, you know, there's a lot of women here. We're, you know, we're the majority, but the thing is, you know, we just, we, we know what we're doing, you know, and it, it's so important mm-hmm. to keep like, you know, fueling this entrepreneurship and this, this vision and this, you know, whole idea in the female community is like, you know, just, you can do it no matter where you're from, you know, no matter where, like what your restrictions are, you should always try to like aim higher. So I love that. I love that you, you know, work so closely with female entrepreneurs. That's really, really inspiring. Yes. And this is also a testament to how modern the industry is, because, you know, as I mentioned before, like even back in the 90s, even in early 2000s, the industry, the beauty industry, it was not really on the radar. And all of the brands that we have now, uh, those that we have and those that are out there in Russia, they started to emerge about 15 years ago, maybe, maybe less than that. So the industry is so modern. And I feel like this is really a very good thing because the mindset is very modern too. And that's why we have so many female founders at the helm of the brands. Uh, That's why brands are clean. That's why they are adhering to cruelty-free practices. And um, most of the products are vegan and some of the products are organic, those that we carry. So it's, it's like really keeping the tradition from the ingredient side, but then blended with all of those things that um, have emerged just recently as part of the modern beauty space. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I, I do have one thing though, because, you know, let me, let me just say this and tell you a little story because this is what this makes me think of like your vision and what you're doing. When I was growing up, there was this, um, store that my mother always took me to. It was called, it was an international store, right? But it was giant like I mean I'm talking like a huge warehouse and (laughs) the way it was divided was um you know not just by like the country like for example they had like two aisles that were all like Indian food you know what I mean two (laughs) aisles that were all UK you know dedicated to UK products directly from there we had like Switzerland you know just all the countries right but they never took away from the actual art and the way that the you know things should be displayed like in terms of like you know if something was Russian then the Russian language was on the bottle you know what I mean and the and the those kind of little things and I remember as a child like going through the store it was like a you know it was like a fun trip for me every time because I discover something new about a different country in a different place so you know when I think about what you're doing um here with Rumor Beauty I it takes me back to that because I think you know to introduce people to you know say for example in our case here it's Russian beauty you have to stay true to the roots you know what I mean and you know and if you do that I know one of your products for example there's a scrub I was looking at in the article and it has you know Russian text on it you know the writing and it's and and that's beautiful to me you know because I think everything becomes so Americanized in this beauty industry you know I don't like that I think that that doesn't need to happen we need to embrace the the differences and the and the way that things are presented in the culture that they're you know originally from so I want to ask you about that like how do you feel about that and is that something you you keep in mind when you um explore brands and who you'd want to work with like in terms of like how rooted they are in promoting that that yes we are a Russian brand and you know we're proud of that and we want to you know show our culture 
Yeah, that, that, that's a great question. And by the way, I would like to visit that store that you just talked about. Oh it's my God. Gyms. It's called Jungle Gems. <laughs> it's called Jungle Gems in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm telling, I will take you one day. You'll love it. <laughs> oh, oh, I love the idea. And I mean, also it's, I mean, I would be less surprised if it was somewhere in, let's say New York city, where it's like such a melting pot of different cultures. But like, also if you think that it's, um, uh, you know, in Ohio, uh, that just makes me even more excited because I feel like this is such a great exposure to all different cultures and different languages and foods and traditions. So I, I'm loving this idea so much. Yeah. 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 No. So, so yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I think that that's why I asked you that because it's like, you know, I want to, I want to get your take on that is that, do you think that, you know, Russian beauty is represented the right way? I mean, I don't know what the right way is, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. Yeah. And um, it's interesting because at first, uh, when we started to look for brands and for products, I was debating about it because I'm like, okay, yes, I mean, I, I can read this packaging and I know exactly what it says because I speak the language and yeah. I, you know, I'm Russian. But I, I started to think like, oh, what about our consumers? Will they be comfortable with that? Because, you know, there could be some uh, comfort level associated with not knowing what you are buying. And of course, we made the translation. So every single product, although the front is in Russian, the box is in Russian, there is a translation on the panel. So we, we were very mindful of that. But still, you know, when you see a jar and it's in a completely foreign language and it's uh, also like a different alphabet, it can make you think twice um, as a consumer who may not be exposed to that language. Um, yeah. So yeah, we thought of that. But then on the other hand, yes, it adds a lot of authenticity and it, 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 it truly makes it feel like this is something different. Um, and, you know, we have some brands that have part of their packaging translated. So, you know, they have one piece of the box that is in English and then the other side of the box is in Russian. So we have those brands too. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, it, they, they, they are available to the Russian consumers and this is their main audience back home. And this is how they, um, you know, label the products and this is how they talk about themselves. For some brands coming to the US was their first international expansion as well. Wow. So that adds a little bit of that authenticity as well because that was the giant leap that they made from being a Russian or, you know, former Soviet Union countries brand to expanding to um, a totally new market, a totally new audience. Um, but to add to that, you know, back to my concern, whether or not American consumers will be interested in a packaging that has Russian language, the scrub that you've referenced, the one that yeah. has Russian writing, that's been among our like, ultimate bestsellers so far. Because it's oh, been wow. Yeah. yeah. So for people, it's, it's it turned out to be not a concern. I think it's really more about the ingredients. It's more about the product. It's about it's it's about the texture, um, yeah. what it looks and feels like versus the language. And you know, anyway, it's uh, it's different. It's new. It's exciting. Uh, it's a bit of a discovery. And I feel like during the pandemic too, you know, people did not have a chance to travel. So we yes. offered them an opportunity to travel to Russia without traveling to Russia. Oh, and I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Please continue. Thank you. 
So it's kind of like going on a journey, like crossing a thing off your bucket list without hopping on a plane and spending <laughs> 10 a hours. A journey to Moscow. I love it. You know, it's it's a beautiful thing. I, I really think, you know, you really hit the nail on the head with that. I mean, you know, we've all been kind of landlocked since this pandemic. And I think there is a natural craving and desire in all consumers, you know, globally to really want to see the world again, you know? And I think, you know, being able to see it through something like a beauty product or a skincare product, that, you know, that goes a long way. And that really does add to our self-care because, you know, when you do self-care, like for example, you, you know, you use the scrub, right? It's got the Russian uh, writing, the language on it. You, you're sitting there doing your ritual and now it's going to provoke a, you know, a natural curiosity in your mind about that culture. It's going to make you wonder, you know what I mean? Like what's life like in Moscow? What's life like in St. Petersburg? And you're going to be more likely to go look that up. You know what I mean? And so in a way it's like, it reminds me, you know, kind of like the concept of the babushka doll, right? Layer after layer right. after layer, right? <laughs> like, so once you uncover the the top layer, which is just good beauty products, you then you see all these amazing other things, you know, that are attached to the culture and that are attached to the consumerism of, you know, that area of the world. I mean, it's a learning experience. So I think what you're doing, Maria, is it's fantastic on a different level. You know, I, I think that you know, more people should be doing this in a way that we are able to say, okay, well, this part of the world does their rituals like this. And I want to be able to experience all of that. So, you know, hats off to you. This is brilliant. Thank you so much. And, you know, um, yeah, I've also realized that it's not just beauty from Russia that hasn't been exposed here in the U.S. It's also the modern culture. I feel like, and probably you know this through your, um, you know, studies of the language, uh, back in school, but I feel like people know Russia maybe for some of the writers from like, I don't know, 18th or 19th century, they may know the ballet, which is also, you know, goes back like, I don't know, 100 years ago. But yeah. when it comes to modern culture, I personally have a very hard time pinpointing, um, you know, some like fashion designers who come from mm. Or yeah. thinking about other like music. Uh, I mean, of course, I know those uh, performers and I know the designers because, again, I'm still, you know, kind of in the loop, especially now more than ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but here in the U.S., like, in, this is also it's interesting because in New York, we are exposed to so many different cultures, whether it's through food, through music, through fashion, through beauty. And I did get a feeling that my country has been not it has not been represented at all when it comes to all of those cultural elements so absolutely hope, yep. yep yeah so my hope is that like with beauty we are just opening like you know we are cracking the windows the window open slightly just like opening the door a little bit but this is also beauty is part of the culture this is how people um you know like as you mentioned before it's a sensorial experience it really takes you transports you into that environment evokes certain emotions and feelings makes you curious at least so my hope is that through beauty we will be able to start this conversation and i don't know where it's gonna take us but um yeah. you know i'm very I'm, I'm very excited to see um how russian beauty uh, does here in the U.S. So far, it's been very promising. And uh, hopefully there will be other areas and other cultural elements that will follow suit. I hope so. I really hope so. Because you know what, like everyone listening out there, you know, the Russian culture to me has been one of I don't know why, you know, maybe we all have our own, you know, predisposed, like since childhood, for me, it's always been this beautiful, magical thing. And I I've always wanted to learn more and more and more, you know, and 
like for example like i'm a gamer you know so i get onto these international games and i'm talking to gamers who are from russia you know and they're mm-hmm. typing in russian and like yeah. you know you get to and it, you just you learn so much and i think that there is so much depth in the culture of that region like for example one of the you know one of the um beats i use for our podcast is by a very small you know small level russian uh artist he's phenomenal yeah no his one of, what's that small world yes <laughs> yes and, and you know and I used his beat because I even reached out to him I said listen to me this is one of the best beats I've ever heard in my life like you know I it is just so good and like the music like you know there's so many hidden gems in the music industry you know what I mean that come from Russian artists and Russian DJs and you know so I, I hear what you're saying I completely agree with you I think it's a whole area of untapped you know art and beautiful things that we just don't know enough about in America so what you're doing is definitely you know a huge leap in the right direction and I commend you so much for it um you know thank you from an American you know that you're introducing (laughs) us to all this (laughs) um and everyone out there I really urge you go check out Rumor Beauty you know really do a deep dive into the brand and and learn because you know they're like I said there's so much that the Russian culture can offer and I think that the more we learn as consumers the better our decisions will be you know what I mean and so um yeah this has been wonderful Maria thank you so much Thank you, Ekta. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you and talking about all things beauty and culture and everything else in between. And again, it's uh, it's so rare to find someone who studied Russian or yes. who know who is familiar with the culture. So it's uh, it's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for that. Thank you, and dasvidaniya. Dasvidaniya, спасибо. All right, everyone. I'll be back next time. Thank you, Maria. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.